Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Especially since it's Veterans Day. Can you say amen? And so if you are a veteran in whatever sphere of service, uh, if you wouldn't mind standing so we can just acknowledge you and recognize you and, and give you a big God bless you and thank you for serving our country. Praise God. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, your service is really appreciated. Uh, it it uh, moves me. Uh, we, uh, we have a great nation, don't we? We still have a great nation, don't we? So listen, uh, I was in preparing for tonight, I was thinking about one of the great conveniences we have here in the 21st century that I really appreciate, and I know uh, Cindy does as well. We use it all the time. It's a DVR uh, so that we, we record everything that we watch. And the reason we do that is because we don't have to watch commercials anymore, <laughs> except the Occasional Geico commercial because Cindy likes the gecko. So occasionally, if we are fast forwarding through commercials, we'll we'll stop on a on a uh, Geico commercial. Which reminds me, I saved a lot. Never mind. Yeah. <clears throat> but I I I I really I I enjoy watching some sports. Uh, I'm going to make a lot of you groan. I actually, and Cindy does as well, we enjoy watching golf. I know, I, I, I anticipated the groan. But see, and I, 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 I did golf some back in the yesteryears. I just was crummy. And so I didn't, I quit. I gave up in frustration. But I enjoy watching it. But See, for those of you who, and this is true with any kind of sports I watch or we watch, uh, I don't watch the normal way. Like golf, see, what you think is that, man, it just takes forever. You, they get up there, they, they uh, you know, practice swing, they move around, and, and I get it. I, I, it would drive me absolutely crazy to watch golf that way. I don't watch that way. I can go through a five-hour golf tournament in an hour or less because I only watch the guys I want to see play, and I fast forward to when they swing. I haven't been a big fan of watching baseball, which I know a lot of you are, uh, uh, but I, I, we watched the World Series this year, and you know what? I got through the games last, you know, hours, right? Like a golf term. They, they can go long. And so, but see, what I do with, with baseball is I will fast forward through until I see the score change. And then I back up and watch the, watch the run. You know, that's, that's the way I, see, I, and I, I love DVR because of that. See, I, and, and, and talking about that, I was thinking, wouldn't, wouldn't it be just so cool to have DVR available for our lives? And what I mean by that is 
aren't there a, a few things or maybe a whole bunch of things that you would love to be able to rewind, go back and delete? Wow, wouldn't that be awesome? Or I know that there are those of us that would love to be able to just fast forward through some things in our life. You ladies that have had children, wouldn't that have been awesome to be able to go through a 30-hour labor in three seconds? Wow, I love my DVR life. And so uh, trials and things we've been through, it would be so cool to be able to go through a two-week trial in two seconds. Fast forward. Well, that's not reality, is it? It's not at all real. But there, I, I was, as I was thinking about all of this, which you can tell the way my mind goes, I have weird thought processes sometimes, uh, there is one button on the remote that seems to be, at times, very functional. And that's the pause button. We have all gone through things in our lives and been through things where it seems like our life is on pause. Right? It's like not a whole lot happening. And it must have felt like this for Israel in this portion of Scripture that we're going to look at. If you have a, a Bible with you or, or a device that you look up your Bible stuff in, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 uh, in this chapter, Israel had gone through a three-and-a-half-year drought. But now, things are about to change for the better. And so, if you're here tonight and you feel like your life has been paused, I want to encourage you with this tonight, and that is, it is not always going to be this way. If we will continue to trust God, believe Him, things will change for the better. He is the God of hope, isn't He? And so I got my title from 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 1, and it's the, the phrase is used again later in verse 44, and we'll read that later. But um, what I've entitled this is, It Came to Pass. And I want you to say it with me, It Came to Pass. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So, it came to pass after many days. It did come to pass, but it was after many days. And so, uh, uh, after this happened, and to save some time in reading, uh, Elijah goes and challenges the, the false prophets of Baal. And, and many of you remember the story, have heard the story, uh, read through the story in 1 Kings 18. He there's these uh, prophets, all these hundreds of prophets of Baal. Baal was the fire god. And so Elijah challenges him. He says, will, 
Will you put your altar up? I'll put my altar up. And the God that answers by fire, will he's God. And so they, they had the fire God, and so they were confident. They accepted the challenge. So the prophets of Baal set up their altar, and, and they are praying, Oh, Baal, you know, send fire and all that, and nothing. Nothing happens. And so Elijah, I like Elijah because he reminds me in this at part anyway of what I would probably do. He starts mocking them. And so he says, well, yeah, he's not, what's wrong? Maybe your maybe God's taking a vacation. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe he's falling asleep. Maybe you need to yell a little louder. And, and they get whipped up into this frenzy. They're cutting themselves with stones and yeah, and nothing. And then Elijah sets up the altar of God and puts the sacrifice on it. And then he has them pour barrels of water over the sacrifice so that when God does answer, it'll be no question that it was absolutely God, the God who answered. And so after he does all this, he calls out to God and says, God that answers by fire, oh God, here, and God uh, uh, caused fire to come out of heaven and consumed the sacrifice, consumed all the wood, consumed all the water, uh, everything, and everybody that was around, all of Israel had been in apostasy and worshiping Baal. They now all say, the Lord, he's God, the Lord, he's God, and all that is, uh, has happened. And so now we pick up the story. In 1 Kings 18, verse 41 through 45, and it goes like this. And then Elijah said to Ahab, this is the, the king, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Three and a half years it hadn't rained. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up on the top of Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. Well, he said there is nothing. But in Wilson paraphrase, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass. The seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black, black with clouds and wind. There was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And so here again, in, in chapter 18, verse 44, it says, uh, it came to pass the seventh time. Uh, Elijah prayed, and he prayed, it took seven times, in praying seven times, it came to pass after seven times. Now, this phrase, it came to pass, uh, is used in the Bible some 3,100 and 55 times. And I'm going to give you some of the examples, at least scriptural reference, and I'll tell you what they were, what happened. Exodus 12, verse 41, it came to pass that God brought Israel out of Egypt. 
In Joshua 6 and verse 20, it came to pass that God knocked down the walls of Jericho. In 1 Samuel 17 verse 48, it came to pass that David killed Goliath with a rock. In Luke 18 verse 35, it came to pass that Jesus opened blind Bartimaeus' eyes. In Luke 24 verse 51, it came to pass that Jesus ascended into heaven. So all through the Bible, there's example after example of times where it came to pass. There were it came to pass moments. And those of us here, most if not all of us, have had our own it came to pass moments, haven't we? In 1975, I moved to Flagstaff, Arizona to go to college at NAU. I was 18 years old. It was just before my 19th birthday. I was not saved. I was anything but saved. I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was uh, messed up. And so moved to, to Flagstaff to go to college, got involved in college. And several weeks after I had arrived, one night I was just at the end of myself uh, and I prayed. I didn't even know how to get saved. I'd been raised in a very traditional church as a child, and then in my teenage years went crazy. But even in that traditional church, I, be I had believed in God. I believed in Jesus in my mind, but I didn't know even how to get saved. And so I cried out to God one night in desperation. It was a Thursday night. I prayed, and I said, God, I don't know what to do. You have to send somebody to talk to me, tell me what I ought to do. And so the next day, Friday morning, I got up and I looked in the newspaper. I was looking for a place to live in Flag. I didn't want to live on campus, and I wanted a cheap place. And I saw an ad for a travel trailer, $95 a month, including utilities. I know it sounds like a good deal, but it was a dump. And so anyway... I, I was a kid, and it didn't matter what I, you know, and so I didn't care. It was cheap. The price was right. So I called the guy and, and uh, said, I want it. He says, do you want it? Don't you want to look at it first? I said, no, the price is right. And so uh, I, I told him I'd take it, and he, and he said, all right, I'll meet you after I get off work. I'll be there and meet you in the, in the trailer park at 5 o'clock. And so I as I always am, was early. I am habitually early for everything. I've told you before, I hope that I'm early for the rapture. I, well, anyway, and so I got there early. I walked in this little, it was a small trailer park. There was only about, oh, probably 12 uh, mobile homes that were there, and then that little dumpy one that was on the back. It was a, a short little travel trailer they'd stuck on the back of the lot, 1950s model or something, and uh, anyway, so I was walking in to go back to meet the owner. A guy comes walking up to me and says, can I help you? I says, yeah, I'm here to rent that trailer. And he said, oh, well, it's already been rented. And I said, yeah, I know. I'm the guy that rented it. And he goes, oh, no. He says, I, he says, I, I, there must have been some kind of mistake or something. But he says, I saw the owner meet with a guy, just, just did, 
and the guy paid for the rent on the thing, and it's already rented. I'm sorry. And so I was uh, really discouraged and turned around and left and went to sleep that night, woke up the next morning, and just kind of felt funny about what had happened. So I called the guy that I was supposed to meet, and he answers the phone, and he says, hey, where were you yesterday? And I said, well, I was there, and I explained what happened. He says, well, I don't know who you talked to, but he said, it wasn't me, and the trailer is still for rent. Do you want it? I said, yeah. He says, when can you move in? I said, this morning. And so we met. I paid for it. I, I had everything that I owned in a little 1964 Volkswagen bug and, and was moving in. And as I was moving in, you know, all of my stuff, uh, all of it, uh, a pastor from a little pioneer church just up the road came walking up to me, passed me a track, and began to tell me about Jesus. He invited me out to a gospel rock concert that night, and I went out that night. He preached, gave an altar call. I responded, and I got saved. When he was talking to me that morning, the pastor, I was looking at him, and he had uh, you know, perfectly groomed hair. I uh, was, at that time, I had a lot of hair. I had, and it was long, and I was looking at him. I had a beard, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, this guy's never going to be able to relate to me. And so I'm making up excuses about why I can't come to the concert, can't come to this church, and all that. And then I, but I remembered what I'd prayed just two days before. God, send somebody to talk to me, to tell me what I ought to do. And you know, God heard that cry, heard that prayer, and guess what? It came to pass. Most, if not everybody here, has had but it came to pass moment. Uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Cindy and I went to the speaker's uh, workshop or speaker's uh, world, speaker's world, anyway, the German uh, Blatnik is, is doing a class where he's teaching people about public speaking and, and all of that. And so we went because uh, six ladies were graduating that night, and, and all six of them gave their testimonies, you know, about what Jesus had done in their life. And I'm sitting in this room uh, listening to every one of the stories, and some of the ladies that testified that night are here, and I'm telling you, I was, uh, Cindy and I both were moved to tears uh, uh, because they're shared about what Jesus had done in their life, and it was so great because it was just hearing what God had done and, and their own it-came-to-pass moments, and it just, it's just, it was so real and so honest and so, wow, God is so real, that kind of thing, you know, because God answers, He hears us, and, and it came to pass in their lives. It was wonderful hearing their stories. We all, no doubt, and, and if you haven't ever had an it came to pass moment, it can be tonight. We had that moment when we got saved or, or other times that God touched us, maybe healed us or, or moved in some other way and answered prayer. But, 
you know, uh, I want to look for a little bit at how it came to pass in our story and how we can see more it came to pass moments in our life. So I've already said, you know, we've all had our stories about God coming through for us and, 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 and it came to pass moments, but we also probably everyone here has had those times where it just seemed like the answer was on pause or it was delayed. In Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. In 1 Kings 18, verse 1, it says again, It came to pass after many days. So tonight, when our hope is delayed, it's important what we do in the meantime. And 1 Kings 18.45 says, and it, now it happened in the meantime. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like the meantime. Any of you ever experienced a meantime? When it seems like your prayers aren't getting through, that your life is on pause, stuff just isn't happening much, uh, you don't see a whole lot of good going on or something like that, I don't like mean times. I think there's a reason why it's called mean time, because it's a mean time. What we do in the meantime is important. And we learn something important, uh, uh, valuable from Elijah in this story. And I know this is going to sound really simplistic, but it's also extremely important. Elijah kept praying and believing. I said Elijah kept praying and believing. Now, I know, again, that sounds really simplistic. Some of you could even be thinking, yeah, I know, that's what they always say. Just keep praying and believing. Just keep praying and believing. But I need, and it came to pass, moment now. And I believe that we're all going to see more of those that came to pass moments happen. But until they do, we have to keep praying, and believing. And what I mean by that is we need to keep things going between us and God, that communication, that relationship. Uh, uh, Pastor Poole has been preaching about on Sunday morning, that, that connection between us uh, and the Father, between us and God. You know, we got to keep that going. Because what can happen when we are going through a mean time is uh, that we can almost shut down sometimes. You know, we get frustrated. Anybody besides me ever been frustrated that things weren't happening quicker? I like my time. I know God has His time, but I like my, my time. Because my time's always now, isn't it? Uh, you, it I, you're probably a little like that. But... but what we do in the meantime is so important because we can kind of shut down. And, you know, some of us, we may even just kind of think, you know what, I'm kind of just giving God the silent treatment for a while. <laughs> because he really, it doesn't seem like he's been hearing me, answering, nothing much has been going on. 
And so, you know, it's just kind of, I'm just kind of, I'm a little ticked off at God right now, so I'm going to just give him the silent treatment. Can I tell you, let me just pause for a moment there. This is not in my notes, but husbands and wives, can I tell you something? That's not a good thing. Back to the message. Just drop that and, and move on along. You know, the reality is that we, we can get irritated because God's not moving in our time frame and all that. But listen, you know, He is always doing stuff for us in our lives. Always. If we knew even half of the stuff God was doing, protecting us from, it would really freak us out. So anyway, in the meantime, Elijah kept praying and believing. He was determined to get an answer uh, for the rain to come. You know, and the interesting thing is, at the beginning of the chapter, 1 Kings 18, 1, God says rain's coming. God told him rain is coming. But he is praying, and he continues to pray until the answer comes. God had already promised it, but he's praying, and this is what he prays. It says God, uh, that Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he bowed on the ground and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up, the servant went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. I, I appreciate that because, uh, first of all, it says that he's praying and he puts his, his head between his knees. Now, this wasn't because he was feeling faint. I have done that before and, and put my, you know, to get the blood rushing back to, anyway. Uh, but it wasn't because he was feeling faint. Uh, I think it was probably because he was uh, uh, trying to avoid distraction about what he couldn't see happening yet. And so he's praying in, in earnest. And so he tells his servant, go and look and, and toward the sea. That's the direction he figured the rain was going to come from, and the clouds and all that. And, then, and he comes back, there's nothing. But he didn't quit praying, did he? He didn't quit believing, even when things didn't seem to be changing. And he told them seven times, go again. And so it says, it came to pass the seventh time. Now, thinking about this, you know, uh, it says it came to pass the seventh time. Why seven times? Some people would say, you know, it's the number of perfection. It's a God number seven. And, and uh, 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 the walls of Jericho came down after they walked around it seven times. Naaman the leper was cleansed of his leprosy when he dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times. And their number seven is significant in the Bible. But you know, in this, I really don't know if there's anything more to Elijah sending as he just tells his servants, uh, uh, go seven times, go, go again. He kept telling them, go again. And then it came to pass the seventh time. You know, I don't know if there had not been a cloud on the seventh time, I think it would have said, and he told them, go again, 
Go again, go again, because what the point is, uh, is that even though that answer didn't come on the first time, he kept praying about it, kept believing for it. It took more than one time for him praying about it before it came to pass. So my encouragement to us tonight is very simple. Don't give up. If you prayed about something that hadn't come to pass yet, don't give up. We shouldn't give up after the first time. Now, there's a teaching that's been going around that it's probably been around for like forever. But I've heard this from the time I was a new believer back in 1975. I've heard it all these years. And it goes like this. If you pray about something more than once, then it's unbelief. Now, the idea is that one prayer is enough. And if you pray again, it's a sign that you didn't believe God the first time. Now, and I understand, I, and, and some of you here may have uh, uh, kind of held on to that thought, and I, I get it, and I'm not, I'm not mocking that idea. I understand that I get the logic behind it. I just don't know if it's entirely scriptural. In Mark 8, verse 22 through 25, Jesus prayed for a blind man twice before he saw clearly. And if it's wrong to pray about something more than once, I just don't think Jesus would have done it. So the reality is, all through the Bible, we are encouraged to pray and keep on praying. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice uh, in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. Now tell yourself, keep on praying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, never stop praying. Now tell yourself, never stop praying. Now Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if you're wondering, how do I know if I should keep on praying about something? If it's still bugging you, pray about it. Philippians 4 says not that we shouldn't worry about things, but to pray about it, and then the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. So that tells me something, that if something is still bugging me or if I'm still worried about it, maybe I should keep praying about it. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. When stuff is going on that's bugging us, we need to cast it off, throw it to them, uh, uh, shake it off, right? One night some time ago, Cindy and I were lying in bed, just getting ready to drift off to sleep. It's very peaceful, quiet. We're just, just you know that boy, just getting ready to doze off. And then all of a sudden, I felt a bug crawl across my arm. And I'm telling you, I slapping and, you know, commotions going on. And so Cindy says, well, 
what, what in the world's wrong? And I said, a bug just crawled across my arm. And she says, <laughs> this is great. She said, well, that's great. Now I'll never get to sleep. <laughs> and then she says, maybe you imagined it. <laughs> and so I think what she was doing was some psychological Jedi thing, you know, trick on herself. Maybe you imagined it. And so I just played along. I said, yeah, maybe I imagined it. I didn't do that, I, you know. But maybe, maybe I just imagine it. So here, whatever is bugging us, whether it's imaginary or real, we've got to learn to shake it off. And that's what prayer is tonight. Prayer is our shaking off those things that are bothering us, that are bugging us, uh, that are irritating us, uh, we shake it off, we cast it off, right? That's what prayer is. In 2 Kings chapter 19, King Hezekiah, king of Judah, got a threatening letter from the king of Assyria named Sennacherib, and Sennacherib sends him a letter and says, I'm going to wipe, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I'm going to wipe you out, going to wipe you out. All of you, kill you, get, capture you, and anyway, do terrible things. And so he got this letter, Hezekiah. All of us have gotten troubling letters or troubling phone calls. Maybe it was a report from a doctor or we've gotten some news that would troubled us. And so... This is Hezekiah. He's got this letter from Sennacherib that they're going to all get wiped out. And so what he does, he goes in to pray. And he takes that letter and he just lays it out before God. And he says, oh God, and I'm paraphrasing, but look, look, look at this. This is what, and Sennacherib had said, he'd even said, don't even let your God deceive you that, that he's going to deliver you because I've wiped out everybody else and I'm going to wipe you out too. And so Hezekiah said, it's true. He has, he, and he, he, what he said in the letter was all correct except for that he was going to wipe out Hezekiah and that God couldn't do anything about it. That was what, and so God Obviously, and then Hezekiah's praying, God hears, God sees, uh, and God answers, uh, and God tells Hezekiah, don't worry about it, I'm going to send a blast on him. <laughs> and God blasted him, and about 135,000 of his warriors died in one night. That was a pretty good Wipeout, uh, blast, and so Hezekiah didn't do, or Hezekiah got delivered, Sennacherib got blasted and ended up dying at the hands of his own sons. And so, listen, those times where things are bothering us, where we need to get in prayer, we need to go before God, lay it out before God, call God's attention to it and say, God, look, you see, uh, hear and answer. And if it, it hasn't been answered the first time, we need to continue it until we get the peace of God coming in on our lives. God, help me with these bills. 
Help me with this problem. Help me get this job. Help me uh, uh, and deliver me from this physical thing that the, the report that I got from the doctor, God, see and, and answer and bring a release to me. See, you know, we think that Elijah and these other guys from the Bible were somehow different from us or somehow better than us. And that's why God heard and answered. That's why it came to pass. And so I've got a portion of Scripture here that some of you know that's very important. It says, James 5, 17 and 18, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. You see, when it's talking about Elijah and his answer to prayer, it's not talking about how powerful he was, but it's telling us how human he was. And so here is Elijah, and he says he was human just like us, and he prayed, and he got an it-came-to-pass answer. Tonight, that's what we need to understand about God, and that is that he hears us. It's not how good we are. It's not how powerful we are. It's how powerful and how good God is. So I want to just close tonight with a word of encouragement. And that is this. It's a portion of Scripture out of 1 Corinthians 13, 10, 13. And says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Tell yourself tonight, God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Tonight, this is, this is an encouragement to us as we wrap this up. We're going to pray in a moment. God is faithful. And see, I, I'm going to preach sometimes in the near future on God's faithfulness. I've been thinking about Him and His faithfulness. You know, uh, what it means is He is certain. There are certainties involved with our trusting God. It's a certain, it's a sure thing. He's faithful. He is, it's a, in, in uncertain times, which we live in, don't we? He is our certainty. Our certainty is in the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. And so when you get troubled about stuff going on, remind yourself those three words. God is faithful. And then remind yourself of four other words. It came to pass. It came to pass. Tell yourself, it came to pass. See, I've, I've been through things in life, and you know God has been faithful. He has either, either got me through them or got me out of them. I like the getting out of them a lot better. But even in those times where it didn't just go away immediately, He is faithful faithful, and He always saw me through. That's our testimony, isn't it? Our testimony is God is faithful. The reason why we're here tonight is because of the faithfulness of God, the certainty of God. We can trust Him to cause things to come to pass 
for us. I'm believing, aren't you? Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. And you know what? We'll see it come to pass. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight. No one looking around for a moment. If you're here or if you're viewing online, God bless you. I'm glad you, you're watching this online. Uh, if you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from Him, tonight or this time, whenever you're viewing this, is your moment. This is, this is that it came to pass moment for you. If you want to receive His forgiveness, Jesus' forgiveness that He paid for on a bloody cross, shed His blood for you and for me, and you want that tonight, we're going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to have you repeat this prayer with me, and we're going to see it come to pass. Forgiveness coming. No one looking around for a moment. If you've never been saved, you've been away from God, and you want His forgiveness, just slip your hand up in acknowledgement to God tonight that you want to be included in this prayer, or you're at, at home looking at this, or wherever you are watching this. Just in your heart, you pray this prayer with me. Let's all pray together. Would you pray this out loud with me, everyone? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could have life. You died so that I could really live. And I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Make me a brand new person. I believe you died for me. And I receive you into my heart and life. And I trust you with my future. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap, would you? Praise God. Just before we leave tonight, would you all stand to your feet? I want to pray over us tonight. I know uh, we are. The reason why I preach this message is because I understand the times that we are involved in. It's, we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged in the Lord. We need to know that there are certainties in the midst of uncertain times. And our certainty is in Him. And so if you're here tonight and you, you may need healing, you may need uh, just uh, a touch in your mind, a piece of God settling in our whatever that need is, I just want to, would you bow your head with me tonight? You can lift your hands toward Him or whatever you want to do, just in however you posture yourself to receive right now. I want to pray and believe with you. I'm going to believe God with us all for healing to flow in Jesus' name, for the peace of God to flow in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, we do come before you, and we, we lay out our requests before you as uh, Hezekiah did and laid that letter out. We lay out our need, God, for, for healing, for your peace, uh, uh, for your provision, God, for, for financial blessing, God, uh, for all of the needs that are represented. And whatever that need is in your heart and life, uh, just Call out to God right now. You don't have to uh, do so in a way that other people can hear it, but you just call that request out before Him right now. Healing in Jesus' name. Provision in Jesus' name. Your peace, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We do come before you with our prayer. We uh, uh, call out to you and we 
thank you in advance for the answer. Thank you, Jesus, for our healing. Thank you, Lord, for your peace in our lives. Thank you tonight for your provision. Thank you tonight, God, for being our answer. Thank you for that it came to pass moment. We receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can go. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.